a lot of you are in bondage because you don't understand what God thinks of you because you don't truly understand his character. You see, if we only really understood his character, we'd understand how God thinks. You see, if we don't understand his character, we're going to be eaten by lions. The enemy comes and he acts like a lion. He, he comes to devour those who can't discern from the him and the true line of Judah. You see, God is the lion of Judah. But Satan is also an imitation of that lion of Judah. He kind of looks like a lion and he also tries to devour those who can't identify the true line, who can't really see what God looks like, how, what the true line of Judah thinks of them. And what is what happens in is they fall prey to all the ideas that this false lion, this false counterfeit, this enemy, Satan comes, all these ideas, he comes and he plants them in our mind. And we start thinking things that God thinks of us that aren't even true. And God is just kind of like, what is, where is this coming from? I don't think this about you. Why are you guilty? Why are you ashamed? Why do you feel condemned? Because I was never the one to condemn or shame or put that guilt on you that you experience. You see, this is something that happens a lot. And often this bondage creeps so deep that it actually makes us passive for the kingdom that God wants us to be powerful for. You see, when we think that God doesn't love us or that God isn't absolutely obsessed with us because he is. He made us. We are his sons, his daughters. And you say, PD, that's a little hate. No, God is obsessed with you. He loves you so much. He knows every hair on your head. Isn't that an obsession? See, it's, but it's not a bad obsession. It's, it's a lovely obsession. It's, it's that obsession that he would actually go and put himself on a cross. He put nails through his hands, his feet for you and bleed out on that cross with you on his mind. You see, that's not just a cute, oh, baby love. That is a love that runs so deep. You'll never get to understand it in your whole life. It'll take eternity to get a grasp of his love for you. And then we have the audacity to think that he doesn't love us or he's tossed us aside. or He's rejected us or he condemns us. And brothers and sisters, remember this. We were all once sinners. We were all once far off. From him, me myself, I was a sinner. I, I I did made many mistakes. I I lived a life that was not honorable to God. And even in the midst of calling myself a Christian, my life was not honorable to God. But see, when I look back in those days, and you can do the same. When you look back in those days, in those years, those times. You realize that how God's mercy was endless, how he carried you. He forgave you over and over and over again. He had a patience for you that no one else had. And then at the end, at the end of the day, he came for you and he showed you the truth. But see, this is the problem. We don't 
see God that way oftentimes. And because we don't see God that way and we don't see the patience that he had for us, we struggle to love others in that way. If you only showed the patience that God shows you to others, how much more love would we carry? And so, yes, God is a God of judgment. He is a God that is just. He is a God that that does bring justice because he is a good God. He must love, must have justice. Love must judge where it's necessary. And so God does that. And throughout scripture, we see that over and over and over again. We see how God comes with his wrath. He is, he is a God that is not just passive and let everything go and whatever is, whatever, whatever is fine. No, he is a God that comes and he says, no, I will bring justice on the evil ones. And he does that over and over and over again. But then for every story of judgment in our Bibles, there is 10 stories of mercy. For every story of judgment, there are 20 of grace. We see that God comes over and over and over again. And he shows how even those who did evil, who those who, do, who did really bad stuff and sins, but yet their hearts were correctly inclined towards him. Their hearts were forgive were had a heart were hearts of repentance that were hearts to God. Yes, I I am making so many mistakes, Lord. I am so evil, God. Oh, what will I do? And in the midst of even their mistakes, God comes and he forgives. You see, the only difference between Jacob and Esau was that Jacob's heart was inclined towards the calling that God has placed on his life, while Esau wasn't interested in his birthright. Esau stole his birthright. Jacob stole his birthright wrongly. He did his brother wrong. But because Jacob's heart was inclined after the calling that God had on his life, Jacob's heart was, God, I want to serve you. And yes, I'm making mistakes. Yes, I'm sinful. Yes, I'm doing all these things wrong. But I want to serve you and I want what you have made, called my life to be, to be that. And see if you now understand, wow, God loves me. I am his son. He, he's God. He knows every hair on my head. He made me. He predestined me before the foundation of this world to come into this place. And he has a calling for me, just like a calling that Jacob had. And now you see, wow, I'm his son. I'm part of his royal priesthood, his kingdom. I'm not just a peasant. I'm not just second class. God makes you first class in his kingdom. If your heart is inclined to him. And see, now when your heart is inclined to him, God is satisfied. You see, a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, God, what, what, what else should I do? God, how do I look at all these things that I need to do? Look at your Bible, Lord. Oh, there's so much I need to do. I need to make disciples. I need to do all these miracles. I need to do all these things. I need to be all obedient to all these commandments. I need to be so perfect. How can I ever be that God? And when we look at these things, we start thinking like, how will we ever measure up to what God wants us to be? But yet again, we fail to understand that it starts with your heart. If you have your heart and you say, God, here is my heart. Here is all of my heart. Lord, my actions and my 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 deeds are they're filthy rags. They're they're worthless before you because you are so holy. You are so set apart. What I can do can never measure up to that. Oh, God, help me. But I have my heart and here is my heart. If you do that, you give him your heart. God is satisfied. That is what God desires, because with your heart, he can do much.
with your heart, he can do the rest. You see, you can never, ever, ever measure up with your actions to the holiness of God by yourself. But when you give him your heart, he takes it and he transforms it. He changes it. He says, I will take out that heart of stone and I will give you a new heart of flesh. The commandments that were simply written on a stone will now be written on your fleshly heart. It will enable you. It will change your nature to be able to walk as Yeshua. You see, it's never been about how well you try, or how hard you try. And yeah, I'm not saying we shouldn't try. But number one, it's about giving him your complete heart, because if you've given him all of your heart, you're not holding on anymore. You're not holding back anymore. You're not you're just like, yeah, yeah, I want just a little bit of Jesus. I just want no. You're like, I want all of you, God, and I give you all of my heart. Now, guess what? All your actions will start shifting with that. It is not possible to give him your heart and only get half of it back. He's going to give you a full brand new heart back. It's going to have a uh, actions that are fully transformed. That's what it means to have a renewed mind because it's all connected. You see, so God loves you. He desires for you to fulfill the calling he has given you. Now, all those thoughts of shame, all those thoughts of guilt, you're not good enough. Those thoughts of you'll never be good enough. You all you've, you've, you're trying hard enough. Try more. Maybe then I'll love you one day. That's not God. God is not like that. Satan speaks in that way. Satan tells us you're not good enough. You're, you're, you'll never be good enough for God. You need to keep way more commandments before you'll ever be accepted. No, God says, give me your heart. You give him your heart. He changes it. And then suddenly by nature, you start keeping his commandments as law. And then you read this Bible and you see these commandments. And you're like, wow. Wow, there's all these beautiful things that God has laid out for me. And then you start walking them out. And it's not about being perfect from day one. It is about him having your heart. And then the rest will follow by nature. You see, brothers and sisters, from the womb you were called and from the womb you will fulfill. If only you gave him your heart.